All right, they're going to switch to my screen. Uh, I'm going to say to you that um, as we begin, uh, we are again finishing up this series on this concept of equipped, and we've gotten to this point of discipler. Oh, by the way, again, the verses are on version. Um, if you don't know how to go, go to version. look under events. It will be one of the bottom things. Check on there, find Cedars Church, and you will find all the scriptures for today. Um, and so we have been doing this uh, series of this idea that you started as a disciple, you will always be a disciple. The power and the significance of God's word, the significance of God's word in your life to guide you and direct you. Trust me when I say this. If you are only opening up God's word on Sunday morning when the pastor speaks, you are missing out. You are missing out. Being in his word, letting God's word pour over you and so that you can understand who you can be. That God has called us then to be a servant. That it is a servant's posture. It is a servant's heart that brings us into a place to be a disciple. And that's what he was. And that he gives us prayer, a way to communicate with him, a way to connect with him. And that is a powerful, powerful thing that we're able to do is through prayer. And that there is a sacrificial life, that there is this dying to ourselves. And by the way, in dying to ourselves, we give the best of who we are. We give the best of what we're about. And we do those things that is so significant. And so then we've been looking at this. But at the end of it, you become a discipler. Someone who is going to go to those in your inner circle or beyond or even around the world. Someone who will then say, open your mouth and say to them, this is what it means to become a follower of Jesus Christ. And folks, that last move is the hardest move. But someone did it for you. Either you grew up in a Christian home and it was given to you by your parents, or maybe it was a roommate in college, or it was somebody on your block, but someone shared with you Jesus. Hopefully they modeled Christ for you in their life. They told you their story. And then in that, they said, listen, I want to tell you. And then what's interesting is, is if that's what happened, this is what they did. They watched, they they washed, rinsed, and they repeated. Right? Wash, rinse, repeat. It's on the bottle of your shampoo. That you literally do this thing over and over and over again. You meet the next person and you share your life with them and then you tell them of Jesus and then you repeat it all over again. If you're a discipler, it's not one. It's again and again and again. And it comes from different stages. Maybe it was you in a mops group. That was the first time you shared the gospel with somebody. Or, or maybe it was you when you had teenagers and now you find yourself at a different stage and God keeps putting different people in your lives. We've all had those forms where you have to check out the age boxes. Are those not evil? They are to me now. They weren't when I was in the 18 to 25 box. Does that make sense? I never thought about the person who had to, had to do the 50 to 60 box, which is what I'm in now. That is an evil box. My son Zach is into video games, and in video games, by the way, you level up, right? I think we should change the whole birthday thing into leveling up. I am now level 50 with a lot of experience points, and I'm just going up from here. Does that make sense? Because a level one, psh, who are you? You're a noob. I, I want to level up. So, we are in a place where we want to say to you, church, 
that you are a disciple. We want you to have God's word. We want you to be a servant. We want you to have a prayer life. We want you to live sacrificially, but we want you to wash and rinse and repeat till the day you die. To the day you die with whoever God puts in your box that you would share with them the story, the transformational story of Jesus Christ. Now, I want to share with you that from the moment that this merge took place, the passage that has been on my heart has come out of 1 Thessalonians. By the way, I have preached on it now twice. Welcome to day three. Because it is my heart for us. It is my heart for cedars. It is my heart that we will be what Paul speaks about when he writes to the church in Thessalonica. May it be for us. So let's dig in. Let's dig in. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 6 through 10. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you receive the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. These people received the word in the middle of the chaos, in the middle of the brokenness. And yet they saw the word for what it was. And every one of them that was receiving it and stepping into it, the affliction came at them. They stood with others who were being attacked and they accepted Jesus. And as they stepped into it, they took on the affliction as well. But they knew what truth was and they knew that the gospel was good. And therefore they stepped into that affliction and they became imitators imitators of those that had gone before. And that is the story of a disciple that people look at your life and they go, I want that. I want the peace. I want the grace. I want the mercy. I want the forgiveness that they give. And in that process, what they're doing is they're saying, look, you imitated us because you heard this word, even though there was affliction, but there was joy in that. And can I tell you something? I would much rather have joy in the affliction than the happiness with no conflict. Joy in the affliction. Verse 7, so, they, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. You became an example. That's what I want for cedars. That you became an example of those that reach their inner circle, that are being equipped to go out and do the things that God would have you do. That you are setting the example to those that are looking around. Verse 8. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere. Do you hear that? That what you are doing is not just happening in your local town in Newark and in Fremont or in Union City, but everywhere what you are doing is having an effect, is rolling out But your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything. We got nothing more to say. They're doing it. They're living it. What else can we say? We, we gave them the gospel. They stepped into it. Even in affliction, they're doing it. They're becoming imitators. They're telling other people. It's going out. That's, all, that's the game. That's the win. If that's what's taking place, that is the disciples who are sending it out that other people are going, look what is happening. Verse 9, for they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Transformation of their lives was not just a word. They just weren't talking about it. 
They turn to God and turn their backs on their idols, which, by the way, was their identity. That's what had made them be known was their idols. That's what they had put their hope in and their trust in. And for some of you, you're putting your hope in your your job or your title or the government. Now listen, you need to vote this Sunday. I mean this week. You need to vote. But let me tell you something. That vote doesn't mean that I put more hope in that vote than I do in my God. My hope is in my God. Now listen to me what it says. It says, look, how you turn from your idols to serve the living and true God. Look what's being said about him. There was something that people saw like, like, do you understand? He turned his back on the idol that he, that was his thing. That was what he was known for. That's the transformation that we're talking about. Verse 10, and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. We want to be those that just like the Thessalonican church is becoming someone who imitates, expresses it. Those everywhere know what's doing place and it's a real, you can see the change because they turned their back on what once defined them and they found a new story and it's based in the gospel. So, That is my prayer for us as a church. That is my hope that we become those that reach our inner circles that are stepping into those awkward moments and saying, can I tell you my story? I've said this before. I felt so long that my story was boring. I'm a biological. I grew up in church. I can't remember time I wasn't in church. And I would hear other people's stories I'd be jealous, I'm being honest. The person that came from drugs or came from all this other stuff and Jesus pulled them out of that fiery pit and gave them new life and I would be jealous of them. And then God, over the years, has shown me the power of my story. The power of what God has done in me. But to get them there, we get to chapter 2. For you yourselves know, brothers, that our coming to you was not in vain. But though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated at Philippi, and I need to let you know something. That Philippi becomes significant. When we get to January, we're going to be going through the book of Philippians. We're going to deal with what happened at Philippi. But look what's being said. But, you, but though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict. In the midst of much conflict. That we don't let the circumstances... That's hard, or it's awkward, or it's inconvenient. That with boldness, we declare the gospel. It is in those conflicts 
that the God of the universe shows up. Can't look over there. Jerry Lovejoy is sitting right over there. Someone say praise Jesus. But I was with him in the ICU. When every nurse, he doesn't remember this. When every nurse came in, he was telling him about his God and telling him about his church. And he was in the worst place and yet he was pointing them to Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, his time at that hospital affected people. I didn't want that for him. I wouldn't pray that for him. I didn't expect that for him. But I knew this, that those who came into the room were praying. Those who walked in were praying. And those nurses and those doctors saw something different. Folks, I'm sorry. You have no excuse. You can come up to me and give me 100. You have no excuse. If Jesus has transformed your life, you better start telling people. And you can't tell me, well, it's too much affliction or it's too much. You can't tell me that. For our appeal to you does not spring from error or impurity or any attempt to deceive. But just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. Do you understand that we've been entrusted with the gospel? We've been given this message to tell. When the boys were young, you know, I would maybe whisper into their ears, go tell your mom this. I have entrusted them with a message. Something simple. Go tell your mom that you love her. Okay. Mom, I love you. But we've been entrusted with the good news of Jesus Christ. And how dare we not give it to those around us? We've been entrusted with the gospel, so we speak. Not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. Listen to me. This is not about you going and trying to please me or anyone else. God has said to you, go and give the good news. And when you give the good news, listen to me. No matter what comes from it, whether someone is converted or not, comes to Jesus or not, when you give the good news, your Father is pleased. Do you hear me? We are so results-oriented. Well, if I give them and I tell them, then in the process, they've got to come. No! Your job is to deliver the message of the good news. After that, it's all out of your hands. He's the one that saves. He's the one that brings those closer to him. Your job is to tell the good news. Look what it says. Not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. I've given you this good news. Are you going to tell it? Are you going to step into those moments and say to those people around you, listen, there's this good news. There's this Jesus who came and died to set you free. And you don't have to live in your shame anymore. And you don't have to let your sin define you anymore. You can have hope and you can have life and you can be what God has for you. 
Or are you going to say to them, yeah, I go to church. Hey, how did the football game go? You've been given the message of the good news. And God goes, are you going to tell my story? In 1 Thessalonians 2.8. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves because you became very dear to us. This is the passage of your inner circle. These are the people that you are affectionately desirous of. And you don't only want to share with them the good news, you want to share with them your life. You want to step into those places. For some of you, that's an aunt or an uncle. Some of you, that's a cousin or a nephew. Some of you, that's a coworker. Some of you, that's somebody you work out with. For some of you, that's someone that you're struggling with. But that struggle is not more important than you telling them the good news. being affectionately desirous of you. First Thessalonians 2, 11 through 16. For you know how like a father with his children. I think we're fairly aware that mothers and fathers play different roles. Um, that doesn't mean that there's not times in which moms step into the dad role and dads step into the mom role. But there is roles. There are times in my boys' lives where Jody knew that it was me needing to push them or, 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 or encourage them because it was me. Mainly because I had no empathy. So if they're crying, it's like, get over it. Here we go. I'm empathetic, but I can't show it. It's a gift. (laughs) But there's times even with Zach, I'm like, Zach, this is what we're doing. But I'm afraid. Yeah, I know. But I'm here. And I'm with you. And I wouldn't take you here. Can things happen? Sure. The most embarrassing (laughs) moment, because there was a bunch of people who saw it, we put a rope swing at a house for Zach. And by the way, this is, this is really bad. And you can think less of me, and it's okay. Seems to be a theme lately. Um, but Zach was swinging, and I put him on the swing, and he was scared. And so I put him on the swing, and I go, I got you. And then I turned, and he fell. And before I could catch myself, I go, well, that's what happens when you swing. In less than four seconds, I got you. Oh, that's what happens when you swing. My my wife heard it from the house. What? Maybe that's why he doesn't want to go with me on these little trips that we have to take. But folks, listen. It says... For you know like a father with his children. Look what he says. We exhorted each one of you. Exhorted. It's a father's role to push. And you need to know that it's not me 
standing up here. This is your eldership. This is your staff. This is your leadership. We exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you. This message is me trying to push you and charge you and exhort you and, yes, encourage you. Go do it. Go tell the good news. Go share the gospel. Because this is what I found out. Most of us, if someone doesn't do that to us, we'll take the easy road. Sunday and being a Christian means driving in your car, getting out, sitting in a pew, paying some money, drinking some juice and a cracker, and going home. I did church! And that is not church. You know what this is? This is supposed to be recovery for those who have been on the battlefield all week long. That's what this is. This is not the result. This is where you come to get encouraged to go back out there again. To someone to say, you can do it again. Go up there. I got beat up last week. I know. Do it again. Man, it was scary. I know. Do it again. That's what this is for. That's what church is for. Is to say, I know it's hard. Go do it again. Get up. Dust yourself off. Go do it again. But if this is all church is, you're missing it. I'll get there in a minute. We exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God. To walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. When we did the kingdom series, he's calling you into his kingdom. And he's asking you to walk in a manner worthy of him. And a manner worthy of him means that when the opportunity comes, you don't close your mouth. You open your mouth and say to him, this is my story. Can I tell you the good news of Jesus Christ? Verse 13. And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which, we, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as it, what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. It is the word of God. Folks, I'm not giving you my ideas here. If I do my job well, I'm giving you the word of God. And when you open up the word of God, you get his word. And what you should be doing is his word. And his word says, go and make disciples. His word says, turn the other cheek. His word says to pray for your enemies. His word says to stand in those moments when it's painful and trust him that he will be in the storm. Thank you, Laura. Because that's what he does. Which is at work in you believers? His word is at work in you. It says that it's a sharp, it's a double-edged sword, and it's penetrating, and it's cutting, and it's cutting out sections that are painful and hard. But you still tell the story. Verse 14. For you, brothers, came, became imitators of the churches of God in Christ Jesus that are in Judea. For you suffered the same things from your own countrymen as they did from the Jews. The moment we step into it, please understand your own countrymen may come after you. Your own countrymen might try to take you out at your knees. Comes with the territory. You're trying to do right, and you're trying to be truthful, and the fact is, it doesn't matter. They just want to take you out at your knees. But you keep getting up. 
who both who killed both the Lord Jesus and the prophets and drove us out and displeased and sorry and displeased ah, and displeased God and opposed all mankind. Those people that came and attacked the Thessalonians, those who came and attacked those in Judea, those were God's displeased with them. By hindering us from speaking to the Gentiles that they might be saved. This is what he's upset about. Let me say this very clearly so you don't get it. He's not upset that they were attacked. He's not going, oh, they hurt me. Oh, they took me out the knees. Do you know what he's upset about? It's this line. By hindering us from speaking to the Gentiles. Folks, we're told we're going to suffer and we're told we're going to take it, but what should really hurt us is that we don't get a chance to tell those who are lost that they can be found. So as always, to fill up the measure of their sins, but wrath has come upon them at last. All right, I've got to fly. Here we go. Mark 16, 15 through 16. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. I don't know how we get any clearer than that. Go proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. That is the truth, and we can't ignore it. If there are those who are not going to believe, then we should take the responsibility that it is our job to give them the gospel. Go preach the gospel to all of creation. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 20. All of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. You've been given a ministry to reconcile. Now, that word reconciliation is hard for me because I don't know how to reconcile my bank statement, so that becomes difficult. But it's the job of me to come and reconcile people's sin and give them the ministry that they can be brought into rightness with God, because that's what it means. I've been given the ministry to take people and go, you're out of rightness with God. Come be reconciled to him. Have, your, have everything be even and good. That is in Christ, God was, uh, sorry, that, that is in Christ, God was reconciled the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Again, entrusting to us. We keep give, being given this message that we're to tell. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. You become ambassadors. You're an ambassador to your streets, your family, to your school, to your neighborhood, to those in the gym. You are ambassadors. And I'm telling you, a worthless ambassador goes into the room and says nothing. That is a worthless ambassador. I've traveled all the way over to tell you that the president and the country says, and I stand there and say nothing, that is a worthless ambassador. You are to tell the story of what God has said. And what God has said is, I loved you and died for you, and I want you to be mine. That is your message to them. And when you don't say it, you are a worthless ambassador. You've just taken resources and gotten nothing out of it. I hope you enjoyed your trip. Philemon 6. And I pray that that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full 
knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. Let me say this to you. When you do not share the gospel, you miss out. Let me show you. And I pray that sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us. You will not receive the, the full knowledge of everything God has put into you until you what? Share your faith. And if you are lacking going, I don't get what all these people are talking about, all these amazing things they tell me about Jesus, all these amazing things they tell me about God, then I'm going to say to you, it could very well be because you have not shared your faith. You have not shared your faith. And because you have not shared your faith, sorry, you don't get the prize at the bottom of the cereal box. Did you guys ever do that? Instead of bowl by bowl, you would pour out all the cereal to get the prize? Who? Come on, who were you? Okay, we need to pray for you because there's sin in that right there. There's issues. Because this is what God is telling you. This is what God is trying to have us understand. Until you do the sharing, you don't get the prizes at the end. Sorry. I'll read to you again, and I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us. I'll let that one sit with you. And our last passage. Acts 20, 24. But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself. If only... I may finish my course and the ministry that I have received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. But I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself if I only may finish my course and the ministry that I have received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. May you, may you finish the race and be given the ability to see the ministry he has given you to testify to the gospel of God. You are to be a discipler. You are to tell your story. You are to be an ambassador. You are to go out and you are to be an imitator. And from you, turn your back on those things, repent from those things that people go, their lives were transformed by this good news. And may we, Cedars, be a church that Newark and Fremont and Union City hears Hears the good news of Jesus Christ because we have run our race well. I love you. I do. It's a hard season. But I love you. And my call is that we would do what God has called us to do. Because there's people going to hell. 
and they need hope. And you've been given that message. Don't hold it in. Don't hold it in. Let's pray. Father, we come to you and we ask that you would step into our world and help us to speak boldly in your name in affliction, in hardship. Do not let us be useless ambassadors, but let us have life and have it to the full. Because in our expressing our faith, we get the prize, the knowledge of all that we have in your son. And I thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.